obvious, listeners, this is Dottore Belordo, man of science, here to extend a gigantic thank you to our newest Patreon patron, Soap Lady. Soap Lady? We're happy you've joined the party! And that's no lie, is the thing you use to make soap! <laughs> that joke is sodium good. Hydroxide, tell it again! <laughs> Thank you, Soap Lady. Enjoy the soap. This episode is brought to you by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy the show. Hello, dear listener. This is Hannibal Lecter from Muffed Movies. Have you ever dreamed of transforming yourself into a person who's wearing a Blaster Podcast t-shirt or a Muffed Movies hoodie? Well, now you can make that dream a reality. Go to blasterpodcast.threadless.com for all the hottest new apparel. It's so hot. You'll love it. And while you're anonymously using the library's computer, why not check out patreon.com slash blasterpodcast. Support the show. A little bit goes a long way. Well, that's all the time for Hanny. Please enjoy today's episode of Muffed Movies. I know I will. From inside your harem. Previously on Muffed Movies Ravenous, during the Mexican-American War, a cowardly lieutenant, John Boyd, was sent to weather out the last of his days in California in a lonely fort where they encountered a strange man who told them of a woman lost in the woods, a victim of a cannibal maniac out in the forest, John Boyd and his compatriots encountered that same maniac, who was in fact the man who had spoken to them in the first place. They were all but murdered, with the exception of Boyd himself, and now Boyd, wounded and, and, and tired, is making his way home to Fort Spencer to let his friends know that there is trouble in the woods. Muff Movies Ravenous Part 2, featuring special guest Sebastian Orr. Smash cut! <laughs> <laughs> Smash cut! Exterior, Fort Spencer. It's snowy. David Arquette, Private Cleaves. What is his rank? I think so. Probably. I mean, yeah. Yeah. He's, da- a, he's a stoner. He's a dingus. Yeah. David Arquette, Private Cleaves, spots the limping form of Lieutenant Boyd wandering down the hillside. <gasps> Boyd? Martha Knox, it's Boyd! I thought they'd been gone a while, says Knox, comically passing out in the latrine. Into into his b- b- bourbon bottle? Into his b- 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 bourbon! You just <laughs> b- b- bourbon! Yet. <laughs> yes. Oh, thank goodness. Our less than charismatic hero... <laughs> Very Boyd frightened. Has hobbled his cannibalistic self back into Fort Spencer. Smash flop. Interior. Martha's teepee. Remember, Martha's a Native American, <laughs> the sister of Georges. Boyd looks deep into Martha's eyes. Uh, hey, Martha? Not that, like, it has anything to do with anything, but, like... This Wendigo thing, like, if someone was a Wendigo, which I'm totally not, like, how would you, like, reverse it? Is there, like, a cream I could, someone could take? Oh, no. Oh, shoot. No, you can't. Huh. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) It's a a raw deal. Yeah. So you you leave my tent because it feels like 
you're asking about yourself and that's i <laughs> i don't know what you're i just how would I, be t- I don't know i don't about. i feel like that <laughs> you know, you i'm know, not i actually have to go uh right now because i <clears throat> i have a meeting cool <laughs> as boyd saunters his way awkwardly out of the tent she notices the bottom of his boot heel upon which is printed wendigo brand <laughs> basketball shoes the original <laughs> Smash cut inside Colonel Hart's office. We're in the ventricle. That's right. Colonel Hart, by the way, didn't make it down off the mountain. General Slauson, who we may remember from the beginning of the film, General is there. General Slauson, what a man of authority. Right? Shit must have gone down for him to have shown up. He's there with his assistant straight out of NYPD Blue. They're sitting... <laughs> it's a true story. I'll take your word for it. It's true. They're sitting there with Boyd, and they begin the interrogation. All right, Boyd. My name is General Slauson. So you, you say that this Irishman named Calhoun just killed and ate everybody you were with, huh? Sir, he was a Scotsman, first of all. Uh, don't get technical with me, boy. Okay. Well, yeah, he killed everybody. And if you guys just send some people out into the woods, you'll probably find them. Or did you go already? You know, we went already, boy. Oh. And I think you'll be surprised at what we found. What did you? What do you mean? Let me just show you a picture of it. General Slauson <laughs> pantomimes unrolling a scroll. <laughs> do you see what we found? Do you see it? Is it in close enough detail for you? You don't have to be a jer- huh? jerk about it, sir. <laughs> I feel like that's I. <laughs> that's that doesn't make any sense. Slauson. This is a Wendigo. When windy excuse, excuse me? What did you call me? He eats people and he gets stronger. No, listen, I've had enough of your blather. It's not too late for you to recant your stupid story and say that you were all you guys got killed by snow. But I'm telling the truth. All right, all right. Now look, you better be nice to your new commanding officer, because he has the patience of a saint to put up with your shit. Let's bring him in. His name is Colonel Ives. Who the F is that? <laughs> Suddenly rolling in in the fine livery of an American army colonel is the man once claiming to be Calhoun. It can't be. Uh... I'll slam my head into the corner of the room. Did he do that? Yeah, it happens. It's very strange. Boyd slams his head into the corner. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's an odd maneuver. It's him, sir. It's it's Colonel Ives. Ask Major Knox, the drunk. He was here when he was here. He'll recognize him. All right, this is highly unorthodox, but bring in the drunk. They take a wheelbarrow and wheel in the clownishly drunken Colonel Knox. Now, Knox, this is very important. Look at this man. And tell me if this is the same Jesus that you pulled out of the snow. No. Well, there you have it. Jesus, Jesus had a beard. No beard on this fellow. No beard there. Nope. Irrefutable evidence. Indubitably. Uh, but hold on. Another, oh, another boy, point I of can't order. Shoulder any more. I have one more question. If it's okay, I did shoot the man in the shoulder. Could we look there at his shoulder? Boy, you're a real sick fuck, you know. I just love shoulders and shooting them, so I feel in, like... In the 1840s, looking at a shoulder is pretty perverse. <laughs> Risque. No, you don't need to worry about it. I've had worse. I'll show them my shoulders, and let's just, you know, put all this behind us. 
I'm not Calhoun, I'm Sergeant Ives. <laughs> <laughs> the man claiming to be Sergeant Ives pulls down his shirt slowly. It takes him a very long time. Revealing his bare shoulder. Mm-hmm. Not a mark to be seen. Clean as a baby's <gasps> arse. The other shoulder. Ugh. Ugh. Tension builds <laughs> as the whole room looks straight into the rotator cuff of Ives slowly disrobing his shoulder. It's but fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I guess it's fine. I guess it's fine. Could it be that Boyd hath gone insane? Was Ives a good guy all along? Was Boyd secretly Calhoun? Find out right now. Slauson and his mana escort step on the transporter pad and beam back to somewhere else. Yep, to HQ. See you hell. <laughs> Smash cut. We see Boyd anxiously pacing the interior of his bedroom. He looks out the window and sees David Arquette clownishly doing a handstand while taking a riff out of a six-foot-tall bong. Reprising <laughs> his role from eight-legged freaks. <laughs> Boyd completely appropriately fantasizes about killing David Arquette. Yep. <laughs> as we all would under those circumstances. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think the order of events is first he hits them with a giant hammer. And then, like a Harley Quinn. Yeah, and then he starts cutting him open in the front with a knife and eating some of him while David Arquette laughs about it. But it was all just a dream, and Good. you were there. Boyd wakes up. Smash cut. <laughs> That's the worst thing when you wake up and a smash cut happens. <laughs> yeah. It's like mm -hmm. it throws you a whole day off. Yep. Smash cut. Evening. The gang is gathered for a quiet night of, like, chill time. Just spending some, like, nice family time together. Yeah, yeah. Major Knox is playing chess and cheating against Cleves. Martha is, like, sewing, I think. She's sewing, like, a Wendigo Be Gone yes. Dreamcatcher. Yes, and Colonel Ives is reading a book, I assume the second of the Hunger Games trilogy, <laughs> when uh. suddenly he rises from his chair, mm -hmm. and Boyd, who has been sitting quietly in the corner, pulls a knife on him. <coughs> ah! I think some of us could use a bit of sleep, says Colonel Ives. I think that maybe you need the sleep of death, uh, Boyd says awkwardly into his shirt sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> Too embarrassed to actually say it to everyone. Ives departs, and, and Boyd follows. Boyd <laughs> places his hand upon Ives. Hey, Ives, I have a beef with you. What is it? I know who you really are. I know what you did. I don't know how you tricked everyone to think I'm dumb, but you're bad. Huh! He slices Ives' hand with his meat slicer. But you are dumb. What? Y you have tasted the meat of a man, and you know how wonderful it can be. I've been in the meat of the moment. And if only, and if only you would eat more meat of man, then you would be strong and beautiful like I am. I once had tuberculosis, as well as a bunch of other diseases. Cabin fever? Beatles mania? <laughs> <laughs> the heebie-jeebies? Cooties? But, but now I'm cured! Now I'm cured! And you... You have felt its power, and you resist. It's not right to eat a person. But that doesn't matter at all, because of philosophy. 
I'd say it's okay. You son of a bitch. Don't bring out Albert Schrodinger. <laughs> I'll do it. Albert Schweitzer and me. Uh, Boyd attacks Ives. But suddenly, Martha, like a fucking badass ninja, is like right there preventing Boyd with a gun? No, with a knife. It's the first ever like Mexican standoff I've ever seen with knives at throats. Yeah. Yeah. Ives is down on the ground and Boyd is over him with like like holding his hair with a knife at his throat. And Martha jumps in behind him and has a knife at his throat. <laughs> if only Ives had a knife at Martha's throat. Yeah. Then it would be a true mix. And Major Knox walks out and sees all this and says, what in tarnation is all the hullabaloo? He's like the, the funnest drunk. He is. He's a good man. There's no bad bone in his body. No. I don't know why he hates himself so much. Yeah. But apparently he does. I don't know. He's not going to find his his dead wife at the bottom of that bottle. Oh. He'll find her in the hereafter. That's true. In a few scenes. Anyway. <laughs> I voice you under arrest. Knox throws the book at them. Yes. Oof. Smash cut. Smash cut. Horse room. Martha. <laughs> Approaches the stable. The horse chamber. <laughs> Looking at the, for the, uh, the lone stoner now that he lost his buddy. Yeah. He's probably holed up in the horse court where he <laughs> likes to go to smoke silently and thoughtfully. Mm -hmm. And talk with the horses. She opens it up. What in the equus is going on? Dead horses everywhere. <laughs> the horse harvest has happened early this year. All those horses are ripped apart. It is a horrible sight to behold. Martha squeaks with dismay and runs out of there. To report to Major Knox. Smash cut. Exterior. Knox's room. Major Knox! Major Knox! Uh, Martha Blood. looks up from the roof. Blood is splooting down on her. <laughs> Bright red. As only ketchup can be. It's the body of David Arquette. Who's been gutted and thrown on the awning of the roof. Yeah. Like a pizza. You, well, like you would, you know, if you were the person who killed David Arquette. I don't know. If you were like a leopard and you like had to <laughs> hide your prey in a tree branch or something. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. David Arquette got screamed. Yep. Screamed who? Screamed. Screamed. Probably screamed three. I don't know. Yeah. He got screamed with a knife. You've been screamed. You've got screamed. <laughs> Smash cut. We are in the common room. Boyd is watching the fire. Knox enters Excuse in high dudgeon. Excuse me, uh, Boyd. I got something I need to say to you. What? What about is it? About them slaughtered horses Ooh. and cleaves and whatnot. Is, is it news? Yeah. Oh. Here's the headline. Pow! No! Knox headbutts Boyd right in the fucking cranius. My face! That was for Cleves. And this is for my horse! Well, bam! Smash cut! Martha's teepee. <laughs> Let's the get, next, get real. The next morning, Martha is sitting, minding her own business, and Knox, ah. ever one to foist his chores onto other people, informs her. Guess what? I got official military business for you. <laughs> so why don't you go and go to another base and bring call for soldiers and tell them to get grab Boyd and take him off to prison? You do it. I got to hold down the fort. That doesn't seem like an even distribution of, of, of work. Martha, though. how many times have we been over this? I need to 
man the fort, right? If I go, who's going to man it? Don't say Ives. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Thank you, English language. (laughs) (laughs) Smash cut. Interior. Kitchen. Ives is chopping up vegetables. This seems nice. He's preparing a stew. But where's the meat? Whose head will be on the chopping block? Now, Boyd is chained up from the brain up, and he is looking, like, from his room of enchainment across the hall to the kitchen? Yeah, across, like, an outdoor thoroughfare. Those buildings are pretty close, I guess. Yeah, some of them. Anyway, Boyd is seeing Ives just mutilating these vegetables. Ives? What is it? When did you kill him, Ives? When did you kill the horses and and David Arquette? Do you know when I did it? I didn't do it. What? Oh, hello, Knox. How are you? Drunk? Just a little bit. Suddenly, the cavalry sword that Knox had been missing without really knowing it streaks across the camera and slashes Knox about the chops. From the D to the N. What is the D and what is the N? From the dermis to the nethers. To the necrodermis. To the necrodermis. The (laughs) netherdermis. Yeah. (laughs) He is cut in half from the butt in half. Mm -hmm. How did Ives move so Ives is on the other side of the room. This does not make sense. Let's go back and review the footage. (laughs) Boyd can't see any of this happening. Uh Uh-uh. But he hears outside a body fall. Poof. And then, took, took, took. Oh no, took, it must be Ives took, coming to finish took, the job for me. Footsteps approaching his door, and then, ah! the door creaks open. Hi, y'all. <laughs> it's me, Colonel Hart from before. What? What? How can this even be? No. Smash cut. Interior, Boyd's room. Hart unchains Boyd. You know, the funny thing is, I was stabbed, I was hatcheted, I was there dying, moments away from death, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, there was old uh, Calhoun kneeling next to me, feeding me all sorts of uh, man meat, and uh, I'll tell you what, when you're close to death, you do a lot of crazy things. So you're going to kill me. No, I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to kill you, Boyd. Boyd! I'm a big nerd, and if there's one thing nerds need, it's friends. Boyd, we want you to join me and Ives in our sick little perverse triumvirate. We want to be fort cannibals and just grab travelers and stuff them in our mouths and be happy with each other's gentleman companionship. Ombudsman of Cannibal Town. I don't know what that word means, but uh, sounds good. The good news is there are a lot of men. We can keep eating them. We're going to feel healthy. We're going to feel strong. We're going to be happy, I think, said without conviction. <laughs> Let's go outside. <laughs> Smash cut. Exterior. Colonel Hart escorts Boyd outside, where we see Colonel Ives laying into the corpse of Major Knox with a butcher knife on, on a log. Ha! Hacha! Huta! Utini! He's dead. <laughs> What, did you guys want to say something to me? Oh, I think our little man here needs a bit of convincing. Ah, the old Ives pep talk. All right. Boyd! 
Come here. Let me smoke this tiny cigar and talk to you. Oh, no. Look at that vast expanse of the Western world. Western expansion. That's what this country is all about. Taken from other people and consuming it and shiting it out. And we <laughs> do that to travelers. We're like a metaphor for Americans' westward expansion, the manifest destiny. We really shoehorned that metaphor in near the end, but okay. I don't know if the script had additional rewrites or retakes. <laughs> Soundtrack seems a little weird. It's... I don't know. It's that really sounds as deep awfully as this movie gets. wrong to me still. You know it what? It sounds like you're going to You're real high and mighty for a guy who played dead in the middle of a battle. I... Oh yeah, I know. I was there. I don't know why you had to bring that up. Real <laughs> sore spot. Trouble sleeping. I saw the back of your medallion. It says not. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> you got a psych medallion for Valor. <laughs> You got a purple fart. A purple as if. <laughs> a doy. <laughs> I won't do it. I won't join you guys. What you do is bad. And I'm not bad. I'm just a person who doesn't like himself. All right. Here. We've been really intellectualizing. Let me make a point. Ha! No! I have stabbed the point of his heart stabber right into... Me! Oh. It hurts! Now, it's a very simple choice. Choose cannibalism or death. Oh, man. Smash cut. <laughs> Quandary cut. Sm <laughs> In the dining area. The mess place. The food lodge. <laughs> the grub hub. Of Fort Spencer. <clears throat> We're a stew. <laughs> Full of Major Knox is being uh, ladled into a bowl and what? and placed gently in front of Blade. Blade. How you get so big eating fruit of this kind? <laughs> well, isn't this civilized? Oh man, Boyd is being a real buzzkill. He's like slobbering crunched forward he didn't read the like Emily Post chapter where it says don't bleed all over the table setting. Yeah. It's bad. It's not fine dining. No. They shove like a delicious mulligatawny stew right in front of him. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Boyd's a coward at heart. So he <sighs> starts to consume that shit. Yeah. Um, like with great relish and weirdness. Yeah. Boyd eats the man sauce. So we're calling it? Uh, we could call it... Um, Broth of my friend. <laughs> Brotherly love? Brotherly love! Yes. He slurps it. <laughs> slurps it several times. Da -da 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 -da. Colonel Ives and Colonel Hart both nod approvingly and smash cut. Next day, it is morning. Boyd Hot. is wearing a sweater. A sweet Hollister woolly sweater. It's blue. Oh, gone back to his blue day. Yeah. Interesting yes. color symbol. Just saying. Wow. Costume design really does reflect what's happening with the character. I had a fancy education. You studied school. I did. I studied the ladies. No. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> yeah, 
Yes. Smash cut. Smash cut. Smash cut. Two? Smash cut to Boyd's room where Hart enters and sees Boyd looking a lot better than he was the evening before. Fit as a fiddle. Healthy, wealthy, and wise. How are you feeling this morning, Boyd? Good, but like morally bad. What do you mean? It's like when you need to pay the rent and you do like sex things for it. Okay. It's okay. like when you compromise what you believe in so that you can like continue what you normally do, you know? Okay, sure. Well, so I brought you some more stew. Oh, boy. I know. I know. <laughs> you should Do you ever eat salads around here? <laughs> <laughs> what do you say you let me out of here? Oh, I don't know if I can trust you, boy. Oh, but I think you probably can, because I... You're real handsome. I am real handsome, and also, just a couple seconds ago, I said that I wasn't feeling so great about all this, so let me off of my rope. All right, I'll unchain you. Cool. Uh, hey, what do you plan on doing when I, after I unchain you? Well, I was going to go stop this guy that's uh, been eating people in the woods. You're going to have to be more specific. There's a couple guys by that description right Well, now. the guy that, that taught you how to do that. I mean, you you probably don't feel so good about that. I remember when we first met, you were you had a walnut and you... You were a nice man, and I feel like you probably don't... You must have some questions about all of this. No, actually, Boyd, I feel tremendous about my choices. I think being a cannibal is great. I think I'm turning over a new leaf. I feel vital. I feel active. I, I, I You know, I feel like maybe I could give love a second. <laughs> Boyd stabs him right in the throat with a letter opener. <laughs> I'm sorry that I had to do that, but I feel like probably... You'll be happier? I, I gotta go. He sees the blood on the window. I gotta go. <laughs> a gigantic glob of blood juice splats across the window just as Calhoun looks in. It's more of a geyser. A geyser. I would say. That's true. Fair. Calhoun, he kind of makes a habit of sticking his face in those fort windows. Yeah. This is his first appearance, mm -hmm. and now we see his final appearance. Mm -hmm. Smash cut. To the same place. Smash cut to the same place where... Boyd is retrieving the other as yet unused sword from the wall that was Major Knox's favorite wall for swords. <laughs> Everyone knows that Knox kept two swords attached to the wall. <laughs> that was Knox's wall. One sword for his hand, one sword for his drink. That's right. This is Enter Calhoun Ives. Ives Calhoun. Cal Hives. Cal Hives. Cal Hives. We are Cal Hives. Enter enters. And Boyd, a uh, little angry about everything, takes a swing or two at him with his sword. Fuh. But Calhoun, nimble as ever, Whew. dodges out of the way and throws a, the candelabra in his way. Blech. Like the Phantom of the Opera. Uh, yes. In, in a real Errol Flynn maneuver. Yeah. Yeah. He's as nimble as a British tiger. That's right. Ives dances in pirouettes out the door. And Boyd follows him out of doors. Hollister sweater draped loosely over his shoulders. Suddenly, Boyd is in a death gallery, an empty fort with only the whispers and creaking doors to give him any purchase upon his quarry. Behind him, a bell dongs. Ha, I'm bell dongs. <laughs> <laughs> also, there is a chime of some sort. Yeah. <clears throat> 
flashes of supernatural Calhounianism pass Boyd, throwing off his senses. Yes. He can't find him in the skin parlor. He can't find him in the, the horse court. The horse court. He can't find them in the Fort Spencer Taco Bell. Where could be this Wendigo? Finally, he goes to the like smithing corner. <laughs> there's a fire burning and there's like smithing tools. Yeah. It's confusing. Smith's Canyon. <laughs> That's right. The Smith's Corner. Thanks for joining us this morning at the Smith's Corner. Yeah. Yeah. There is a shitty ramshackle straw and balsa wood canopy over the Smith's fire. It's a pretty bad idea, incidentally, because that thing could fall apart at any moment. Oh, shit, it fell apart. What? The Screaming as he descends, Calhoun Ives, Calhives, arrives <laughs> and collapses atop our hero. Like a blanket of death. And then begins a very long and protracted exchange of blows with all sorts of makeshift weapons. Be they logs, be they pitchforks, be they fists, be they shoes. Be they live or be they dead. Be they I'll live. grind their bones to make my bread. Yes. Okay, so it's a prolonged fight scene and there's a lot of not logic going on. There's mm. one part when Boyd totally has Calhoun dead to rights and then he just decides to like dive down on the ground and get closer to him to fight a little more. Yeah. And Calhoun stabs him with a letter opener. Yeah, in the fight, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of opportunity for a death blow, but instead they would rather grapple. Yeah. Yeah. And Sometimes then, you just don't want the night to end. Boyd is stabbed in the back with the same knife that stabbed him in the front before, which is the same knife that Colonel Hart was trying to use to open up a walnut at the beginning. It's the knife that's seen a lot of use. This knife has been used and abused. It is a Boyd-centric blade. It really is. It can't help but poke him in the heart all the time. Nope. Anyway, it once again rides deep in Boyd's sternum. Yep. Gah! Son of a bitch. You stabbed me. You stabbed me. Uh, I'm gonna knock out the support on this canopy and collapse it onto you and walk away. Yes, a bunch of plastic bits and styrofoam fall on Calhoun. <laughs> Is he dead for good? Yes! Whew. Roll credits. <laughs> no, oh. but that's not what happens. What happened? Ah, uh, oh, so, so Boyd stumbles away. He fumbles. Mm -hmm. He dumbles. Yeah. He dumbles. He's walking. He's walking <sighs> to a shed <sighs> like a <sighs> like a man who's been out late and had Im imbibed some beverages. I feel like I got a letter opener to the spine. <sighs> the letter opener wheezes. He disappears into the building. Bamf. Slam. <laughs> <laughs> but what's this? <gasps> Emerging from the fallen Kerslam parts is the woiri in bloodened form of Calhoun, a.k.a. Ives. And I guess he got out of the pile in time to see Boyd go into the shed because he knows to go into the shed. He does. Well, maybe they cut a long sequence of Calhoun checking <laughs> under maybe. rugs, yes. looking under beds. 45 minutes later. <laughs> Opening a curio cabinet with a ha-ha. <laughs> oh. Ives enters the, I think it's not the stables. It's not the stables. I Let's don't think. say it's the military tool shed where the, the high-grade military weapons and metal parts are stored. Over his head, a sign which reads Tool Town. <laughs> <laughs> 
And inside he spies, curiously, Boyd, looking defeated, crumpled against a wall, a pillar pillar in the center of the room. Oh, he's bleeding out. bleeding out. And a look of triumph on his face. He stumbles over to his foe. Wait, wait, whose face? Let's get our gender pronouns right. (laughs) Cal Hives. Cal Hives. Cal Stumbles over to Boyd, <laughs> grabs him by the lapels, <laughs> and lifts him to his feet. Boyd! And then they stare at each other for a while. It's like a junior high dance. Yeah, yeah, except really manly and, like, blood-covered. It's like a senior high dance. <laughs> Calhoun places his hand, as a gentleman must, on the small of his dance partner's back. But what's this? Tis the letter opener <laughs> jutting out from his vertebra. Calhoun, like a bitter bitch, rips that letter opener right out of Boyd's spine. But he's not going to stab him in the face like we think he might. I'm not going to stab you in the face. That would be too easy. But why? Because it would be too easy. Oh, sure. Did I stab you in the ear earlier? <laughs> the knife clatters to the floor. Ah, I'm free. And, the knife story is just beginning. And this is a confusing part, because they're looking at each other, and it looks like Ives is gonna... Uh, I'm gonna... I'm gonna I'm maybe... I'm gonna strangle kill you, question my bare hands, maybe? And then, but no, but Boyd... No. Uh, possessed now by a... a, a when to go? A surge of strength. I'm possessed by a surge of strength. Surge! Surge! <laughs> Drink it! <laughs> you have to... <laughs> grabs Cal Heivenstein again by the lapels instead. Ach! And he starts pushing him across the room. You got to push it. Push it. Real good. <laughs> Says the decapitated body of a horse. <laughs> he's pushing Ives across the room. Yeah. Like Darth Vader picking up the evil emperor when he's already been mortally wounded. Spoilers return to the Jedi. <laughs> and Ives is like, oh, where are we going? Where do you think we're going, big guy? Where are we going? <laughs> and suddenly... Boyd slams him to the ground. We're going downtown, bastard. Uh, <laughs> smash! <laughs> he jams his head onto a plate of metal. What? <laughs> <laughs> the Mon Calamarian alien <laughs> squatting in the rafters looks down yeah. and observes the world's largest bear trap that the two men have stumbled into and it has been activated by Boyd smashing Ives' head against the metal activation pedal. Skrkrink! Skrkrink indeed, my friend. Yeah. I'm, I'm a sound effect. Ives is all stabbed in the back by those sharp teeth, and Boyd is all stabbed in his back from overhead. <laughs> They're locked together and just, like, serrated to hell and back. That was really sneaky. Thank you. I tend to sneak up on people. <laughs> Admiral Akbar bamps out of the room. <laughs> he jumps to warp speed. <laughs> it's a good thing he was there to lay that giant bear trap down. It's true. Uh, otherwise, Boyd would have just fallen to the soft earth with mm-hmm. hives. Mm-hmm. Don't plant your hives in the earth. That's and, what the Bible tells and us. And so they're there, they're lying and dying in this giant bear trap, it looks like. Is this the end of our hero? It seems like it. <laughs> Ives turns his be-bloodied, mustachioed face towards Boyd, who is shaking in the paroxysms of death. Hey, guess what? If you die, I'm gonna eat ya. 
What? It's gross. But uh, we're cannibals, man. <laughs> Haven't you been watching the film? <laughs> but here's the real kicker. If I die, are you going to eat me? Coochie, coochie, go. <laughs> I just tickles. Butterfly kisses. Oh, no. Boyd is exceptionally ticklish. He rides around in the bear trap, but he cannot escape. <laughs> the teeth digging deeper. Son of a bitch. <sighs> then we hear the kerklop, kerklop, kerklop. <laughs> of hoof beats. What's this? A real life horse coming back to the fort? Three horses. Tis the General Slauson. From before. Mm-hmm. And his... I forget. His one-man entourage. His lackey. Blondie McBlonderson. And Martha. Oh, sweet Martha. we remember from before the Native American lady. Native American. Native. Was Martha George's sibling? Yes. 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 Martha. Yes. Sister to the slain George. Yes, she has gone to retrieve the general, and now they are back. They're back. They'll save the day. They'll the, save the day. They're going to pull Boyd out of that trap. He's going to walk again. Yeah. And they all have... Medical training, I assume. All right, I'm General Slauson, as you are aware of. So, fan out and let's search this place for signs of life. Aye, aye, sir. We see Blondie McBlonderson looking around in the old study of Colonel Hart. He finds nothing but a heartless corpse on the ground. Ooh! <laughs> oh, boy. Uncomfortable. Not gonna want to do the paperwork on this one. <laughs> He places a long rug over the body of Colonel Hart. Nothing here, sir. (laughs) Whistling, he closes the door behind him. Yeah, everyone's looking around. They're checking the 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 horse nursery, the dining room, the the horse palace, the horse court, the horse court, the horse aviary. They're checking. Martha checks her teepee. Oh come on! She has a teepee in the film. (laughs) They check the skin chamber. Everything checks out. Everything checks out. I missed the skin. <laughs> uh, General Slauson, having ridden hard all day long, walks Has a in, hunger. He walks into the old communal stew room and smells just the freshest of broths. He walks over to the bubbling cauldron and sniffs it appraisingly. It smells good. Smells good. Let me try it. Oh, this is, oh right. This is, I'm sorry. This is pre-slurp. 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 Pre-slurp checks out. He pulls out a little checklist, checks off pre-slurp. Pre-slurp. Pre-slurp phase completed. (laughs) Oh, Oh, a fingernail. No. So pretty good. He's he's ingested human broth. Which we can only assume will turn him into a Wendigo eventually. Yeah. Maybe. Hard to say. So this isn't all over. We don't know. Hey, opens up room for a sequel. That's the way to think about it in Hollywood, baby. I'm still waiting. Well, maybe they'll do special edition. That would be so good. Maybe they'll do prequel. Uh, uh, zip cut. But where's Martha? We see Martha approach the door to Tool Town. She opens it a crack and looks in, seeing two men lying in the hay together. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) Terribly sorry, sirs. I'll give you the room. Wait. No, it's not what it looks like. <laughs> it's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> what into blood play? <laughs> Is that a thing? I hope that's not a thing. It's, it's probably, probably a, thing. a thing. Probably a thing. It's the world. Martha marches away, embarrassed that she has just witnessed something uh, so intimate, so passionate. 
And it's only the 1800s. Yeah. The world's not ready for that well, yet. Well, she knows that she can never show her face in Fort Spencer again. The scandal. Yeah, just imagine. As she walks away, R.E.M.'s It's the End of the World as We Know It plays. This has been Muffed Movies! Hey, Sebastian, we did it! We muffed... Ravenous. We muffed the heck out of it. Part two. Part two. I can't believe it. We had some errors. <laughs> <laughs> we had some errors along the way. Yeah. We had to do some retakes. Yeah. But we got it done. And I was here. Sebastian, this a is a challenge. This is your first ever muffin. I know. I hope you got a taste for it. I hope it's like the the cannibalism in Ravenous. <laughs> We'll see if you ever come back. I'll muff again. <laughs> you're all. You're always welcome to return to the muff chamber. What will we? What will we muff next? And time? get thigh high, deep in this Th- muff. Thigh deep in. Mm, no. <laughs> to oh. get lost in the rough of the hilarious muff. <laughs> all right, Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? I'm a photographer. If you live in Chicago, I, I might take pictures of you. If you have a few dollars, you can learn more about me at sebastianorphoto.com. How do you spell or? Or has like the you know how to spell or it's spit it out asshole o r r Sebastian or photo photo dot com dot com it's not Sebastian or photo <laughs> you got to choose one well, yeah it's Sebastian or photo <laughs> Sebastian and photo <laughs> uh, also I'm on another podcast Parg I know I'm sorry it's called Go- Our Fair City. It's co- well, shoot. Yes, there's that. Oh my goodness. You're like the podcast king. You're the Paul F. Tompkins I'm, of the I'm, Chicago I'm podcast the lo- scene. I'm the lord of podcasts. I am occasionally on a podcast called Our Fair City. When your characters aren't dead. When my characters aren't aren't spoiler being eliminated. Yeah, that's it's, it. Your your big character died three or four years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but they bring me back every once in a while for other people to kill. It's not fair because um, you're a good actor. Well, thanks. But it's all right. And uh, and I'm also on another podcast called Go Back and Play. A video game podcast. It's a video game podcast. A video game uh, history podcast, sort of, in which we discuss, uh, we, we sort of started at the inception of video games, and we are working our way uh, slowly to now, but it's going to take a long time. There's a lot of games between then and now. We only just talked about 1982's Atari E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Oh, wow, the landfill video game. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Yes. I should in, support in, in you by which, listening to that. In which we, we clear up that myth a little bit. Oh. But only a little bit. Okay. And this podcast is called Go Back and Play. Go Back and Play. Yes. Go Beckley Tepe. Got it. Yeah. Go Back and Play. Available on iTunes. On iTunes. Uh, go check out Go Back and Play on iTunes. Yeah. Go check out Our First City on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, check out Blaster Podcast on iTunes. Please rate and review it and give it the stars. If you like this show, consider becoming a patron. We have a Patreon site, and patrons get really cool special rewards. Sebastian Orr himself is a patron of Blaster Podcast. Kind of a silent patron, because I never announced his name. Because he's so shy. That's right. Uh, But I got a t-shirt. You did get a t-shirt. It was t-shirt December, everybody. I'm wearing it right now. I'm wearing the Blaster Podcast hoodie, which is a great segue into the fact that Blaster Podcast now has a Threadless store. Blasterpodcast.threadless.com and get yourself some swag. Swag. 
I don't make very much money off of that. Threadless gets most of it, but it's cool to have Blaster Podcast stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then other people know about it, and they're just like, hey, what's that shirt you're wearing? And you're like, my eyes are up here, asshole. <laughs> Did I ever tell you the story about when I first saw this movie? No. So I, uh, someone had rented it, and I wasn't watching it, and I walked in, and I walked in right at the very last second of the movie. Like, I, I went to go ask a question, mm-hmm. and, I, and I turned and saw this, this shot from above mm-hmm. of two men entwined, covered in blood, in a bear trap. And I was like, well, I would love to know how we got here. <laughs> so I watched it. And you've been a lifelong fan ever since. I've I I I'm a I'm a a thumper. I decided just now. Uh, is it not true? a chomper? Is that what ravenous fans call themselves? That's what I just decided we do. Now, is it true that you go to the ravenous cons every year? Yes. Wendigon. <laughs> we all wear meat dresses. <laughs> cool. Uh huh. I'm uncomfortable. I'm unfunkertable. Sure. Because I can't get funky. <laughs> Doctor's orders. <laughs> Eat or be eaten. So, fucking eat. What are you saying? <laughs> he says, eat to live, don't live to eat. Suddenly, the cavalry sword of Knox's favorite... Knox's favorite... Wall. <laughs> Two bros pierced all the way through their Brosnans. <laughs> That's what we're calling it. Uh, we could call it um, Knox Your Grandfather's <laughs> Chili. Stuart. Goulash. <laughs> uh, <laughs> beef Broganoff. Bro- <laughs> <laughs> uh.